KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom in game. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the Outdoor Hour. I am your host, Taylor Maples. Josh Stratton in studio with us again this week. Todd Lisenby back as well. And when we started the Outdoor Hour about a year ago, there were a handful of episode concepts that came to me immediately. And I said, I want to make sure that I do a Forest Fen Treasure episode. We've done that. The next one is what we're going to do this week. I am so excited to introduce our guests this week. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the oldest forms of hunting, um, one of the most niche activities out there, and one of possibly the coolest ways to interact with the natural world. This is our falconry episode of the Outdoor Hour, the first of several, I'm sure, over the years. But our guest this week is Phil Salvati, and he has with him Nola, who is a 10-year-old female Harris hawk in studio. This is the first live animal we've had on the Outdoor Hour. The studio has trash bags lining the floor and walls. It looks like Gallagher is our guest this week. Uh, but it's Phil and Nola. Phil, thanks for being here. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me to come. Yeah, the little bit of uh, nibbling you're hearing there is Nola is actually nibbling on Phil's wedding ring up next to the microphone. Josh is getting some pictures here. We'll be sure to post some of these. I am so excited, literally, to have a bird of prey in the studio with us this week. And, man, she is a beautiful bird. Phil, tell us about Nola. Oh, she's her name's Nola because she was uh, bred in uh, New Orleans. Um, belongs to a friend of mine who asked me to fly her. I've flown her about uh, five years ago for two seasons. And uh, this year he's got a new bird and wanted to spend more time with her. So he asked me to fly her this year. She's a beautiful color. It's a really kind of deep brown with some kind of rust. Mahogany. Mahogany. Mm -hmm. That's a good descriptor. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful, large talons. Males and females are colored the same. Okay. Um, the way we tell the difference between them, obviously you guys can't hear on the radio, but it's size. Um, the females are normally one-third larger than the males. Okay. Um, so in a distance, it's it's obvious. So the so. male would be about two-thirds of her size? Correct. Okay. Correct. She's a beautiful bird, and let's not mistake it, she is a killer. Oh, yeah. She is an apex predator. She's a professional. She she does really well. She'll take anything from mice and rats to um, wild turkey and geese. She's not originally from Oklahoma. No, sir. They're uh, arid arid states. Okay. They're from the arid states or desert states. Okay. Um, one has um, come up to this area three or four years ago. There was one in Kansas two years ago, but they decide it's too cold and head south. Okay. So... This is fascinating. Josh, have you ever been around birds of prey like this? I mean, not this close, no. <laughs> um, I, I hope the mic is picking up the very uh, pterodactyl dinosaur-esque noises it's making. We can move um, a closer. Now she's as, pecking at his headphones. As it's just like <laughs> eyeing me. Um, she's got something to say. <laughs> it's currently trying to eat the microphone. <laughs> Which is better than to trying to eat my face. So, you know, I'm good with that. Todd, is this a first for you? I will say I did work at a radio show once where uh, we brought in a live chicken to do, like, uh, football predictions. <laughs> I'll say uh, she smells a lot better than the chicken did, for sure. And has been a lot cleaner so far. No, it's, it is it is truly a majestic animal. She is, for sure. Maybe we should have Nola do a Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, I think that's fair. I have to find a way to do that. We can do that. Yeah, we can act. We can, 
I shouldn't say that, but we can uh, <laughs> put a jersey on a rabbit. Yeah. Each rabbit and let it go. Do basically a rabbit race in the parking lot. And whoever and then, dude, grabs. now we're talking. <laughs> That's like, the I content know this, we need. This is where we live and thrive. We just found our happy place. <laughs> Phil comes in this morning and says, you want me to take care of those geese out there in the <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I wouldn't be mad about that. No. So let's uh, let's get a little more serious about this as much as we can. I mean, falconry is a legitimate. Uh, I even hate to call it a sport. Lifestyle is probably the better way to say that. Would you agree, Phil? Yes, we do explain it that way because it's just something you can do today and decide not to do for a week. OK, it, um, uh, we're very involved in the birds lives. Um, taking care of them, training them is just not as easy as, you know, taking your bird dog bird dog out of uh, uh, your the kennel, kennel and yep. grabbing the shotgun and going out for the day. Yeah, sure. And you own your own business. You told me the I other do. day on the phone, you hunt your way to work. You hunt your way home. You literally take the birds with you every I do. day. They're at work with me every day, two or three of them. That's fascinating. So, yeah. how, That's unreal. How, how far back is this falconry go? How ancient Thousands. is it? Thousands. That's what years. I thought. Yes. Said to be the oldest form of hunting. Which is, I know you talk about this all the time, Taylor, about wanting to reconnect with native you know, ways where yeah. you came from i yep. mean it doesn't get more where you came from than falconry right like you said when it comes to hunting correct do yeah. you ever run dog i know i've known i've seen videos on youtube the social webs uh of guys using bird dogs to find birds and then letting the hawks go do you do any of that or so yes we use uh beagles we use tackle hounds or dash yeah. hounds yeah um uh, pointing dogs Yes, they're all involved in it. And, yes, they're part of saving the bird's life as well. Oh, really? So my dog will go, um, uh, once she grabs her prey, it could be 100 yards from me. And um, everything else, all the other birds of prey, all the coyotes saw and heard this happen. So my dog will stay by her and protect her until I get there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had no idea. It's really a fascinating thing when, and whether you're talking, you know, a bird that's trained on a lure and mm -hmm. they've got a quail strapped to that and they've got that on the ground, or you're talking, you know, a squirrel, a duck, the bird will hit it, they'll land, and then they kind of mantle. They want to protect Correct. their own kill. So they'll arch their wings up over and kind of protect that. Excuse you. <laughs> She's agreeing. We're not paying enough attention to Nola here. Yeah, making it known. But then you said, Phil, that you actually will have your dogs out there, and, and your dog will go and lay down right next to her. Correct. Yep, she'll stay there because they eat all the birds bigger than her, and the coyotes and the bobcats heard and saw this happen. Um, and they are coming in to either take her kill or kill Take her. her. Yeah. Right. So it's Man. So I grew up doing falconry. I have said this a number you of times. You did look very comfortable with the bird on your arm. It's been about 20, maybe 21 years since I handled a bird of prey. So you were like six the last time you handled <laughs> the grade. bird of prey? Fifth grade. Yeah. So, and no, seriously. So I grew up in Colorado Springs. I've talked about this a lot. Um, I did an internship, and I don't know, it was third grade. I don't know why I got this idea or how my family pulled it off, but we were supposed to go find through school, like a veterinarian or a lawyer or a dentist or somebody that we were interested in and basically be mentored by an adult in the community. And it must have been from going to Air Force football games or something, but I picked the Air Force Falconry team. And I said, I'm going to go hang out with those dudes as a third. It was like probably one of my first ever cold calls. Um, and I don't know how we pulled it off, but I ended up getting in with the Air Force Falconry team. Sam Dollar. Sam Dollar. Was that not his name? That's a name. I know that name. I think that's the guy who did it. We've been a couple of days now trying to think of one specific guy's name that was at the academy when I was there. Um but I would go up, and I, I did my, like, six-week thing, and the cadets were great to me. They brought birds to my little school presentation. But I had formed in that six-week time such a cool relationship with these cadets. I spent three years going up to the Muse, and I would literally, like, in the summer times as a fourth and fifth grader, my parents would drop me off at 8 a.m. and come pick me up at dark. And I would just spend the day with the cadets and their falcons, lure training them and hooding them and barbecuing. And it was the coolest thing. I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened. And the muse, the area where they keep the birds. Wait, we can't just let that go without mentioning that that's crazy that you were only in fifth right. grade when 9-11 happened. <laughs> go Jeez. ahead. 
Go ahead. Young I man. was in fifth grade when <laughs> <laughs> young man, <Thanks>. sir. <clears throat> I was in fifth grade when nine eleven happened, and the academy shut down civilian access to the cadet areas. And the muse was located right in the middle of where the cadets lived at the academy. So it was literally like one day. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Nine eleven happens. Have never shut been down. back yep. since. Sounds like we need to hit him up and go back first off, but also, man, Todd, you and I are old. <laughs> I I don't think we're old. I think Taylor's young. Okay. I think that's yeah. where I'm going right. with this. All right, cool. But I'm older. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I do I do wonder so I know you had kind of talked that we were talking obviously in the hallways, but the specifics of Nola, how fast does she go? Like what does it look like? As far as just the actual like speed of attack and what it looks like when she does go in to kill the prey. So she I, looks like she's about to attack me right now. <laughs> I don't want to clarify. There's lots of stuff hanging here. Um, I have never put my GPS on her, but I'm going to guesstimate 30, 35 miles an hour. Um, she flies off my fist or off a tea perch or off a, a limb of a tree. So um, they're, they're pretty aerial. They can catch up and grab just about anything. So when I was talking to a couple of people in the hallway this morning about having Phil and Nola in this week. Um, the first question that came up was, oh, Phil must work for like a rehab facility because like normal everyday people can't have hawks and can't have falcons. That's not true at all. It, it's an extensive process. Yes. Yes. It, it, it very entailed process. Yeah. Um, federally and state regulated. Um, you have, you have to take a test. Um, sorry. You're good. Somebody's uh, ringing here. Yeah. Uh, another falconer, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, you have to take, you have to, uh, take a test that's given to you, given by the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife. You have to find somebody, uh, a falconer that's been a falconer for six years or more to sponsor you for two years. Okay. And then the process begins. And so you're what? saying I can become a falconer. Yeah. yeah. How long do these things live? Uh, in captivity, 30 years is normal. Okay. That's a commitment, folks. Right. Yeah. It's a commitment. They're like family members, right? Yes. I would imagine. Yes. My life revolves around them. Can't go on vacation. They're coming. Or I have to have another falconer come to my house and feed my birds. Um, can't. You just. Every morning is I'm spending at least an hour, hour and a half with my birds. This is obviously something you've had an interest in for many years, but you just got into it about 10 years ago yes. for that very reason. Yes. It, you know, it's part of life. It's it, it takes up a lot of your life. So until I was I came out here in Oklahoma and decided to do it, I had business had to be successful. Wife had to agree. Um, it's just not something you decide to do today. Your wife's so, a falconer, too. As Yes, she is. She got her license before you did. Yeah, she's a little smarter than me. <laughs> so, I, I failed the test. She passed it. Hey, that happens, you know. <laughs> Sounds like you did good. Yeah, yeah. She loves it. She's more outdoorsy than me. Bigger deer, uh, bear hunter, or bear, deer. Sorry, I didn't Hey, hey, hey. hey. The bear hunter, it just took Here a minute. The bear hunter's right next to you on your right there. He's if you're listening hunter. at home, it's time to take your first drink of the outdoor hour. Mighty. <laughs> Um, deer hunter than I am, but uh, yeah, she she loves the outdoors and she'll do anything with me on the outdoors. So well, we've got a lot of cool stuff we can get into today. I've got a lot of questions, things that I know I want Phil to talk about. I want to give you guys some space to talk as well. So why don't we do this? Let's hit our first break. When we come back, I want to ask some more questions. We're going to talk about falconry. We're going to talk about uh, the hawk, the Harris hawk. The beautiful bird of prey that is in the studio with us at the moment this week. How you can become a falconer. Maybe if you're interested in getting out and just interacting with these magnificent birds of prey. Um, all of that is ahead inside this week's Outdoor Hour. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Park Ridge Medical Clinic. They have a new office here in Oklahoma City, and they use a state-of-the-art clinically proven technology that's called acoustic wave therapy. No more pills, no more needles. Park Ridge Medical can actually repair blood vessels and help generate blood flow to where guys want it most. Call Park Ridge Medical today, 405-839-7000. That's 405-839-7000. Back with Nola the Harris Hawk after this inside the Outdoor Hour. Oh. 
Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors. Presented by Park Ridge Medical on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. We've had a lot of really good guests on this show. I am excited to say this is already my favorite episode we've ever done. That's that's pretty shameful to all of the humans who have been on this show. This dude just picked a hawk. I am holding a Harris hawk at the moment in a radio studio with trash bags littered across the floor like Gallagher is in the room, just in case. We've only had one accident in the building I, so far. Honestly, I, I think the accident, might it might be Josh that has it. Yeah. In the studio, he's afraid that thing's going to attack him. He might lose his his, his faculties. You know, listen, <laughs> you're on the other side of the glass. I know. Guy, I'm talking first a big off. game over here. Second off, it keeps staring at me. All right, like it wants a piece. I'm not so sure that that thing couldn't come through the glass and get me if she wanted to. Yeah. Hey, before we dive back in on this week's Falconry episode, I want to talk about J.D. Adams & Company. If you've not been to J.D. Adams & Company, they're Oklahoma City's only full-service fly shop located on North May Avenue at 122nd. You need to get in there and go now because now through February 26th, we are giving away a once-in-a-lifetime fly fishing trip to Yellowstone National Park. You can accompany me, some of the guys from J.D. Adams, this summer to Yellowstone. It's an all-expenses-paid trip. We're talking an airfare, lodging, meals, your licenses, all of that covered. Plus, the guys at J.D. Adams & Company are throwing in a $1,000 gift card for you. So maybe you've had your eyes on that Helios rod. Maybe you need a whole new setup, some boots, waders, whatever that is. You can buy a lot of flies for 1000 bucks. So make sure you get in there. That's J.D. Adams & Company. You want to say something about that here, Nola? <laughs> now she's going to be shy. Yeah. Yep. She said, hey, the attention's not on me. Get into J.D. Adams & Company now through February 26th for your chance to win that trip. Again, North May Avenue at 122nd. Look for the sign that says Fly Shop. You are listening to the Outdoor Hour. We have Phil Salvati in studio this week, and he brought with him a 10-year-old Harris Hawk named Nola, who's kind of squawking at us like a crow here all of a sudden. I'm yes, pretty sure because uh, she doesn't like you. Can we pipe that up a little bit? Can we uh, see if we can get She's her there? She's not going to do it now. Yeah. As soon as we put her on the spot <clears throat> here. There she is. There's a good yeah. one for us. So, Phil, talk to us more about falconry. As far as getting started? Yeah. What all does um, it take? We talked in the first segment that there's a test. Yes. There's about a two-year. Is it bound by the state? Is it bound by your age? What makes that a two-year process, and what all is incorporated there? The the years of two years is for an adult, and that's that's uh, rule, rules made by the federal government. Okay. Um, my apprentice, who was under 18 or uh, under 16 when he started, so he has to apprentice for four years. Okay. Um, so he's been with me. This is now his third. He's got his second bird. Um, one of my rules before, especially a youngster, before you get started, is you have to come hawking, is what we do, yep. um, with me for a year okay. before I agree to sponsor you. Okay. And he did. Um, kind of like a courtship period there, get well, to know one another. You know, I'm, um, the way we met, I took Nola, actually, to his classroom and... Um, taught the kids about falconry and hawks and he went home at uh, 11 years old and told his mom i'm going to be a falconer when i'm 12 and her comment was and this too shall pass <laughs> so um, but at 12 years old he went and studied and took his test got the highest score period in the state wow and uh sought me out and uh, i made him go hunting or hawking with me for a year prior to him starting so so the goal of this obviously is hunting Yep. The, the definition of falconry is hunting with a trained bird of prey, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, uh, um, hunting quarry with a trained bird of prey. Okay. So, um, yes, we don't do, they're not pets. We're not pet keepers. We don't rehab. We don't do anything but hunt with our birds. What is that quarry typically? Uh, for her, is anything from mice to rabbits, jackrabbits, snakes, uh, She'll take ducks and geese, um, smaller geese, but yes, and uh, I'm there to help. Mm -hmm. I'm part of the equation. 
um, basically, she allows me to be, to be able to watch this. And You're the bird thrilling. dog in this I, process. I am the dog. Um, she just, uh, being able to watch this process, it's going to happen with or without us or me, um, but uh, she allows me to come along. There and she is. And there she is talking. So. Absolutely. We have a 10-year-old Harris Hawk named Nola in the studio with us this week. Thanks to Phil Salvati, our guest, uh, a local falconer here in the Oklahoma City area serious and question how much arm strength does it take to hold like as your whole i can tell she you says like, are you calling me fat I, no, no no i'm telling you i can see you're supporting your arm with your other hand yeah. i'd imagine you know how much does she weigh phil she's a uh, 1100 grams so they do get heavy after a while we do hunt off the this particular bird hunts off the fist or a tea perch so i have uh i have you know you know the little uh, leather pouches the drum majors carry the American flag in? Yeah. That's what I use, and the T-perch sits in that, and it's about 12 feet tall. Okay. And she'll fly off of that after a game. So she's perched up about 12 feet overhead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Gives her a little advantage in speed yep. and sight. Um, a lot of areas we hunt in, you know, um, Oklahoma, there's no trees. Sure. So that's her tree, so to speak. So You said after a game, you meant like the pursuit of a game, not like... You know, she's flying around a football stadium, just to clarify, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Can she also fly around a football stadium, though? Um, legally, for yeah. me, no. Uh, but yes. That's a whole other permit. Correct. Wow. Yes. Is that the educational permit, or yes. what does that entail? Yes, okay. educational. Uh, yeah, uh, the Seahawks have, don't have a Harris Hawk. I yep. can't remember. I think they have an auger. Okay. Auger Hawk, and that's their their, their bird. I know Auburn famously has the War Eagle yep. that flies around at games yep. as well. Yep. I don't know what bird that is. Is it actually an eagle? I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I, maybe. You know, we, we, we do use several species of eagles. Um, it requires another permit. It's hard, very hard to get. This is obviously Josh is about to fall out of his chair here. Yeah, like this is absurd. It's amazing, but, isn't but, it? Like what? what? I mean, on a serious note, like why? Why are there so many obstacles to to get into this as a as um? Just a consumer. Do you think it's good that there's this many different regulations that are needed and licenses, or is it a little burden, a bit of a burden? Um, it's very good. They're protected. Birds of prey. Um, in other countries, you could just decide to go buy one, and it's doesn't work out well these these you are seeing a bird that is chill yeah most of them are not like that oh. we just have this connection it's me it's gonna bite it's you in me. the face yeah. but they, um. they do tame down very well um she are you just, trying to tell me a wild harris hawk wouldn't act like this no no they will oh really yeah yeah, yeah. but over time or immediately no a month yeah wow yeah, usually um, I trained a red tail four or five years ago in 11 days and killed a jackrabbit. Wow. So how much when, do these things cost? That's a great question. Um, so Harris Hawks are around anywhere in between $9 and $1,500. Oh, that's reasonable. Way reasonable. I feel reasonable. Mm -hmm. You could buy three of my dogs for that. What does yeah. what upkeep look like? Like I would imagine you've got to have places I mean, for them to stay in your house yes. like you talked about they're warm weather birds so yes. when it gets cold they've got to stay in the house she um she has a, a ground perch with you know my, her bedroom looks like this <laughs> you can't see on tv or on radio but there's garbage <laughs> there's a big blue tarp okay. um she'll only stay in for a couple hours through the night because it warms up in the afternoon but um yeah she'll she'll be right back out in the afternoon so um upkeep food you know um the mule cost you a thousand or two to build. Um, she eats a half a quail a day, so a dollar fifty a day. So it's not that expensive. Um, it's expensive in time, training, keeping her acting like that. Um, if you don't spend any time with your birds, they're not going to be that calm. Hmm. I I honestly thought these birds were. I I expected you to say nine thousand to fifteen thousand. Right. Now you asked about parasocks. Oh, there are some that get up that high. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and, six, and more expensive. Six, six figures. Oh. Yeah. And what are those? Um, specialty birds, hybrid birds, uh, falcons. Oh, so you're talking? There's the golden golden doodle phase <laughs> and <laughs> falcons as well, where they overcharge for poorly bred dogs, or no, you know, that's allowed in the dog world. It doesn't happen that <laughs> right. well here. 
Um, now, now, what's travel look like? How how does she travel? How do your birds travel? Uh, it's something called a giant hood. That's the box you see here on the ground um, in the back of my truck. She's strapped in. Um, check her every two or three hours. Make sure she needs she doesn't need water. And off we go. Some states require health certs, but others most don't. So so I, you so you get a bird. You pay nine to fifteen hundred dollars for a Harris hawk. Mm-hmm. What does when you get this bird that has never been trained, what does that training look like? How do you train the bird? Start, starts off with food. We they'll, they'll, they'll come to us for food. Once I get them to eat, now I have their attention. So now if... if Same with know, me, by the way. Yeah, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it does work. Um, we, we will get... She's a chamber-raised bird, as we call it. She was raised by her parents. Um, they, they take them out at day 45 or 50. And then they put them on a plane and send them to us, or we pick them up. People do trap their own wild birds, yes. though. See, that's that's the part that I'm like, that seems, for all the regulation and everything that there is, and you said these are protected birds, it seems odd to me that someone could go pull a permit and go throw a trap up. Is that also a, a very complicated process? Yes. to become a, You have to be a licensed falconer to go trapping. So... Uh, again, you know, um, you have to, in, in Oklahoma, the way it works is you can go take a test, study for the test and take it, pass your life, pass your test. Then you have to find somebody like me that will sponsor you. Then we go trap a bird. So I'm going to spend the next two years hand in hand with you, teaching you how to train it, teaching you how to hunt, make sure you're a good falconer before I sign that paper saying you can go do this by yourself. So do you own a bird? At that point, and like so, you have to become a licensed falconer before you can purchase a falcon. Your Is first that true? Um, no. Oh, so you cannot purchase a bird. Your first bird has to be wild trapped. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so your first bird in Oklahoma will be a red-tailed hawk or a, an American kestrel. Huh. And they have to be under a year old. So. This is crazy. <laughs> We're talking about falconry this week inside the Outdoor Hour. Phil Salvati is our guest. On my hand right now, I am holding Nola, a 10-year-old Harris Hawk, who's making her presence known here over the mics in the studio. Um, We talk about, obviously, hunting with birds of prey. That's the purpose of falconry, the pursuit of quarry with the bird of prey. But just like any other kind of hunting, falconers have a tremendous... um, burden for conservation with these animals and the peregrine falcon specifically is such a cool case study on the impact of falconers Mm -hmm. for birds of prey the reason why you see peregrines today uh partially is because of falconers okay um they were put on the endangered species list many years ago 35 40 years ago um, because of the ddt it made their eggshells very very soft and which is a pesticide correct yep sorry um, it made their eggshells very soft, and the birds, the eggs never matured, and the birds never hatched. Okay. So we had minimum, minute amount of breeding pairs in the country and in in North, uh, in Canada. When you say minute, we're talking double like digit, double digit yes. breeding pairs in North America Correct. of peregrine falcons. Yep. And today there are thousands. Okay. So yes, um, in nineteen, geez, I think it was nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety. Uh, President Clinton took them off the birds, uh, the endangered list. Yep. Okay. Um, Over the course of the years, I think 2006, we were allowed to trap them. Okay. We were allowed to trap one in Oklahoma a year. One a year. On their passage from north to south. Now we're allowed to trap six. Is that per falcon or is that the community? Per state. Who regulates that? The the, the federal government and the flyway. Wow. So, and they're told how many we can trap. Um, and we're we have to the second it's trapped we have to call it in now we're allowed I'm sorry it was six two years ago now it's five we gave okay. one, we gave one away okay um, but yeah we we go out every September they start end of September they start migrating from north to south um, and we try and trap one this sounds to me the same way that you would regulate like. Um, the really sought-after elk tags or mm-hmm. something like that where you put in and you draw. Yeah. Is it that kind of a process? Yes, it is very regular. They actually say that we are not even a minute uh, effect on the birds now. Wow. When there's 5,000 falconers in the country. Wow. How many in so, Oklahoma? Uh, approximately 120 to 130 licenses are, act, are out, but they're said, they tell me they're about 90% of that is active. It, how, what's, how's that stock? Are, 
I've, I seem to see a lot of Falconers, and maybe it's because they're live in more, more of that arid desert. I seem to see a lot in Arizona and New Mexico. There's quite um, a few. Where's the densest population of falconers in the I, U.S., would you say? So you I just had this conversation. We were at a falconry meet, and there's 320 in Texas. Wow. Yeah. But Texas, everything's big in Texas. But even still, 320? <laughs> Except for their wind yeah. records. <laughs> 320 for the state of Texas. Yes. Feels like a really small number. Do you guys literally all know each other? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Even outside the country. Yeah, it's a small, well, like I said, 5,000 in this country, and that's not a lot. So there's, you know, um, we have a club. That most states have a club. Um, we do have meets and, and, and events and things that go on. Um, this past year, uh, um, I'm sorry, last year, the national club has a annual meet every year that takes place in one of the states in central United States. And last year I ran it, along with my uh, a friend of mine here in Oklahoma, for uh, – the NAFA North American Falconers Association here in Oklahoma at uh, in Lone Wolf. Okay, awesome place by the way. Wow. Yeah, if you haven't been down there, I have not. Oh, go Granite State Park. I have a friend that graduated from Lone Wolf High School, and I think she said there were eight in her graduation. Oh, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So I actually know someone from Lone Wolf, yeah. which is crazy. If you're in Lone Wolf, believe me, we've met. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to take another break here. We got another segment ahead with Phil and Nola. The gorgeous Harris Hawk. I feel like I'm falling in love right here. She's a good girl. It's unbelievable. This is so cool. Thank you for being here this week, Phil. Absolutely. Hey, I was out yesterday driving around, and I stopped by Oki Hides. You know, they have a new facility down off a council uh, just north of I-40. They've got an unbelievable space down there, and I still don't think it's a big enough facility for them, the way that they're turning out these hunting hides. If you're looking for a new hunting hide, check out okihides.com, O-K-I-E, hides. Dot com. They're building state-of-the-art. They have truly revolutionized the hunting hide industry. And they're made right here in Oklahoma by Oklahomans in Oklahoma City. It's an unbelievable facility. The process, they've got 26-gauge galvanized sheeting. The floor plans for these things are unreal. I've been hunting out of a 4 by 6 footprint this year uh, with my bow. We've been in there with a crossbow. They're great for rifles. Now they're making what they call the Royal uh, or the Royale, depending on who you talk to down there. Um, and it's a 5 by 7 I just saw yesterday they're starting a 6 by 6 They've got ground rounds. These things are unbelievable. If you want to buy one hunting hide that you can hunt out of for the rest of your life and pass on to future generations, seriously, these things are so well built. It's unbelievable. You probably don't need a hunting hide when you've got a Harris Hawk, though. Maybe a T-post we could just put up in there. Um, Go check out okihides.com for more. You're listening to the Outdoor Hour presented by Park Ridge Medical. We've got one more segment ahead with Phil and Nola, the 10-year-old Harris Hawk, inside this week's Outdoor Hour. Back after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour, presented by Park Ridge Medical, with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. I've been talking about this all year long. I cleaned out my garage, and I've been riding the Pedego e-bike around the neighborhood lately. I've been having an absolute blast. My wife gets so mad because she'll come outside to look for me to come do a diaper change, and I'm nowhere to be found. I'm just zipping around the neighborhood on this e-bike. Whether I've used it to get out and go bass fishing, whether I'm taking it to go deer hunting, whether I'm just riding around Lake Hefner on this thing, uh, it is so much fun to ride this Pedego e-bike. If you've never been on an electric bicycle, go check out Pedego OKC. They're on MacArthur Boulevard, just west of Lake Hefner. Lance will take good care of you. Go for a test ride today. If you mention the outdoor hour, he will save you 10% as well. Check out Pedego OKC. We are in the midst of the most action-packed, exciting outdoor hour episode to date. Our guest is Phil Salvati, and he brought with him a 10-year-old Harris Hawk named Nola. 
Phil is one of about a hundred falconers that are licensed in the state of Oklahoma, and he actually, yes, he hunts with his birds. And I handled Nola in the second segment. I have now handed off the gauntlet to my co-host, Josh Stratton, who's maybe a little less confident in what's about to happen. I mean, I I didn't spend my childhood handling birds of prey. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see what happens here. For as majestic as Nola is, yes. she's also quite intimidating. She really is. It's been fun having like her in the building. Like any beautiful woman, she's Yeah, exactly. It's been fun having her in the building today because there's been a number of our coworkers that have run up and said, hey, I want to handle this bird, and a handful that haven't. Josh has now just made the handoff. They're wrapping the leash up, and there you go, Josh. This bird is surprisingly light. I made it look pretty heavy, didn't I? Right. Yeah. You need to hit the gym, bro. <laughs> well, hold her for an hour. Well, that, I don't I don't think that sounds like a very good idea for any of us. <laughs> what do you think? Man, it's kind of it's kind of intimidating. I'm not going to lie. I would imagine though that there's also a little bit of a uh it's probably a kind of a powerful feeling to know that you've got that bird on your arm and you've got control of it, right? I mean, it's, uh, I, well, that's I mean, I, I think know if you, you think you, you, have, you control have control over it, of it you know, but I, know he does, I think yeah. that's the big deal, right? <laughs> when we when we hunt with her, the leash is not clipped. She's not clipped on. She's just riding. Really. And if something goes, nine times out of ten, we yell ho 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 when we see uh, um, prey for her. Is that why she wears a jingle bell? No, she wears the bells <laughs> just because of the cheat. You know, when she's in the trees, I don't have to keep looking for her. I can just hear her when she's following along. But man, they're in flight faster than you can launch them or tell them she, that something's coming. They're already in flight. I do want to ask you because you mentioned that you you have an apprentice right now that's yes, sixteen, sir. right? Yeah, that's he's fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. Mm -hmm. um, if if there is someone listening and they think they might be interested in this, or maybe their kids might be interested in this, mm -hmm. I know like anything, whether it's hunting, fishing, if you're passionate about it, you want to pass it down to people that are younger than you. Correct. How could they get involved in this if they were interested? Just go to our website, Oklahoma Falconers Association website, or the North American Falconers Association website. Um, they'll they'll direct you towards. Uh, right now, I am the president elect of our club. Um, all our contact information is on the website. You can come to us. We have events every year. Our picnic is the first weekend in uh, June every year. Every, the public is welcome to come. There will be birds there, and there will be a bunch of falconers there. Is there, you know, in hunting and fishing, they talk a lot about R3 and, you know, attracting the next generation. Does the falcon industry have a desire for that? Are you guys looking for people, or is this, hey, we understand this isn't for everyone, we don't actually want to attract a whole bunch of new people. What does that look like for you all? We don't go looking for falconers. Um, the people that do find out about it, um, uh, you know, they read the book, My Side of the Mountain, and yeah. then the young kids. Have you guys read that so, book? Did you read that as a kid? I've heard of that book, but I have not read it. I, I've actually never heard of that book in my life. Mm -hmm. It's probably the last book I ever read. Is oh, like oh, a really? second I, or I, third wouldn't, I wouldn't admit that. <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> no, I'm the guy. I did a book report on a cookbook in high school. <laughs> I'm that guy. Right. Yeah. But no, my side of the mountain, this guy runs away from home, yeah. goes and lives. He like hollows out a tree and lives in it. And he's got a hawk, I think mm -hmm. it is. Um, and it's his only like companion that he ever sees is this, uh, this hawk. I was more like uh, where the red fern grows type of guy. Well, you know, okay. similar. Okay. So. <laughs> but anyway, if the, if you want to get involved, it's 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 a commitment for your parents if you're a youngster. Um, they have to drive you around. You have to have places to hunt. Um, you have to take this test. You have to apprentice for four years if you're under 16. I'm sure they've got to help so. with the bird as well, yeah, right? I yeah. Mean, I mean, my, my, my apprentice now, his dad is heavily involved, hunts with the bird, hunts with us every weekend. Um, he's very, very involved. And I would imagine, like we talked about earlier, a lot of people just get weeded out just by yeah. how much you have to do, right? You have to really want to do it to do it. Hence why we ask you to hunt with us for a year. Right. Once you see how most people walk away. Um, I get probably 25, 30 inquiry, inquiries a year, and if two people do it, I'm impressed. So, I want to talk a little bit about the gear and equipment because this is stuff that most – of us have no idea about you've obviously got a really heavy leather glove mm -hmm. that allows the bird to perch on there without 
sinking the talons into your flesh. You've also got some anklets of some kind around the bird with some leather jesses and leash. And mm -hmm. um, all of that just kind of allows you to control the bird a little bit more, right? Yes, and sometimes we hood them. This particular bird, we don't. She doesn't need one. Okay. But they do wear a hood. My falcons do. Um, it's kind of a reset button. It kind of keeps them calm when too many things are, are, are around happening, especially in a car. Driving a car at 70 miles an hour, they can't control mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, my but wife, yes. maybe I should get a hood for my wife. Yeah. <laughs> that is a bad... Yeah. Is she listening? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably I'm not. sorry, Sam. Um, <laughs> but they're yes, they're the, staying in their lane. It's fine. The gear the gear is essential. Um, uh, we don't fly them. I don't particularly fly this bird with her jesses. She flies without them. Without the jesses. Yes. Okay. Same and that's the leather strap that connects to their ankles, basically. Correct. And yep. my falcons are the same way. They fly totally different. You know, each species is totally different. So, Josh, you're getting a little bit more comfortable over there. Yeah, I mean, I'm figuring it out. I did notice that you rested your hand on the table for a bit, she though. It's a little heavy. That that was just for the sake of the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't feel you trembling? I'm trying to be accommodating. <laughs> there you go. What I think is the coolest piece of equipment that Josh nor uh, Todd realize is she's actually wearing some telemetry equipment at the moment. She's got a backpack on between her wings oh. that has – it's basically a GPS tracking signal. Is that yeah. right? She doesn't wear a GPS. It's UHF. Okay. But, yeah, it's she. We, it's called a track pack, but it's essentially a backpack that's on her. If you put your fingers between okay. – He's feeling right kind of between where her shoulder blades would yeah. be. <laughs> Josh is now exposed. She's wearing a wire, basically. Yeah. So that tells me exactly where she hit, where she is. That – Birds aren't real, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't Todd, say that too loud. Todd, it's within earshot. We could Todd, take. <laughs> birds aren't real. What, they, basically, I, this is a robot. Is what I just been told. Um, How do you charge the bird? What's yeah. That? Where do you plug this thing in? Well, now, also, I noticed there's there's like a bar between her legs as well, right? Is that that's bar. the now between her. Okay, never mind. I thought okay. I, that was the leash. That was yep. the. Yeah, okay. it was just kind of stretched over. I thought one it was something feet. between the two that was keeping them together. Nope. I got you. Nope. Just hanging out there, perched. Is the is the biggest issue with people who are handling these birds that are like Josh that haven't done it before? Is the biggest issue not freaking out when they freak out? Correct. Okay. Yeah. They 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 key off of you. Cue the freak out, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so is this so if the bird goes on a long track, or is this a security issue, like? You have that backpack on, so if it were to go missing somewhere to steal your bird, you knew where it was. Okay, so this is the GPS. She doesn't wear a GPS, but my falcons do. So so they're kicking it at your house. Yeah, but no, this is a flight that I recorded. Oh, okay. So it, tell, it goes to my watch as well, and it tells me exactly how fast he's going, the height he is flying at, the area, the direction. See, see that blue dot going? That's the bird. So, you know, he's 800 feet, 1,000 feet from me. Do you run this on, like, a Garmin technology? What is it? It's the GPS technology, yes. It, they wear a GPS transmitter, which yeah. comes to a receiver that's yeah, yeah. tied to me and then goes to my phone. And then you said it goes to your watch, too. Do you mm -hmm. use a Garmin watch? No, I, I crap. iPhone. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know. So, yeah, this is, and that's how I know exactly where my Falcons are, what they're doing at all times. What's an average flight time? Oh, uh, they'll fly, it, it all depends upon you. So I release the bird. They'll, they'll um, ladder up to 1,000, 1,200 feet and do circles above my head. And then we flush the ducks off the pond. And my, my particular bird comes in at 120 miles an hour. So it's usually over in 10 or 15 minutes. That and that's a falcon, not a hawk. Correct. Correct. Okay. That's Correct. your peregrine. Correct. So they are the fastest animal. Is that true? Yep. Uh, Two hundred and forty-seven miles an hour was the fastest one. Clock. So those tiny little peregrine falcons. Mm -hmm. What I mean, they're like the size of a sixteen-ounce water bottle. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit bigger. A little my, bigger. My male weighs five hundred and seventy-five grams. Okay. And, and they're taking ducks down. Drake mallards. Wow. Mm -hmm. But they're smacking them out of the air at two hundred miles an hour. Yeah. It's like getting hit by a shotgun round, yep. basically. Yeah. And so what they do, they do stun basically them when they, they hit yeah. them. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Sometimes the smaller ducks die on impact. 
Um, so now the hybrids we talked about, like your uh, Labradoodles, mm-hmm. which don't ever say that to a Falconer. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to, by uh, the way. And so what would the so, hybrid be? Is that like a Jeer hybrid? Jeer Peregrine. Okay. So that we use that for size. Okay. So now you're talking about my bird would be 900 grams. Okay. If he was crossed. So what are they crossed with? Jeer. Jeer Falcons. Falcons which, uh, so generally the white phase, is that really picturesque? Again, yeah. layman's. Mm-hmm. The white, pretty bird, like you see on the Air oh, Force commercials, too. or the darker yeah. phase. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, they're, they're much. Bigger. What is the matter, bird? She's just talking. So what are the what? Do they have varying personalities inside the same type of breed? They do. They're they do. They're generally this calm, but there are the exceptions to the rule, just like everything else. What I think is fascinating that I just learned today about Harris hawks is they actually hunt as a family unit. Mm-hmm. See now I'm in like I'm super. In, can I have a pack of dogs and a pack of Harris hawks and yes. just be roaming the prairie? Yes, we do it. See all the time. now we're talking. We run. I'm, we run. I'm getting uh, into this. We run beagles and tackle house together all the time. And with, if you throw a Tennessee Walker in on this, oh, and yes. I'm 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 on board. Heck yeah. Are the males and females I have a both? Too. You do. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good. Are the males and females both equally good hunters? Is there any difference at all in between them in their disposition or anything like that? So no, they're they're equally good as hunters, but the bigger birds take bigger prey. So a lot of people will go towards the female. So, but yeah, they're they're and we say these Harris hawks are terrible for young falconers or apprentice falconers because they make you think you're a good falconer. And oh, and you not. really have no idea what you're doing? Correct. Perfect. I need one of these then. <laughs> you can have one as your second bird. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to this. You can't. It seems. What's the premise of you have to catch one? What's. The, what's. It seems like an odd rule in the sense of if I come to it from the dog breeding world, right? So you're taking a wild animal. That's the whole idea is to teach a wild animal how to do that, how to do what we do. It's not. But that seems harder. It, exactly. Much, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of intentionally a barrier to it, but I think not in a way that's prohibited. The way I picture this is it's it's a reverence for it. Exactly. And and what we do, people say, "Oh, it's cruel. You're taking these birds out of the wild," and that's not a hundred percent true. Um, for argument's sake, let's say eighty percent of these birds that are hatched this year will die in the wild. Oh, in wow. the wild. Okay. Yes. So. Um, let's say there's a hundred, hundred born this year or hatched, sorry. And I take one now, 80% of 99 will die this year. So what happens? Can you breed the wild birds you trap? If you're licensed? Yes. But nobody will breed red tail hawks in this country because they're so accessible. Oh, because they're just everywhere and there's no need. Yes. Okay. But yes, there, there, there's. Yeah. We're not talking about you right now. (laughs) You mentioned that you bought Nola. Correct. Right. That was it. Fifty days. Right. That she was. Yeah, about fifty days. You'll get her in the mail. Is so to speak. <laughs> how how many people do? Breed? That's how I got my dog. It was flown to me. Yeah. How many people do breed Harris hawks? Quite a few. Really. Quite, I mean, uh, not not in the hundreds, but quite a few sure. around the country. I, I I my male Harris hawk came from Utah, and he flew here on a plane. Is there anyone that breeds in the state, whether Harris hawks or any other hawks? Um. I think there is one person that breeds Harris okay. Hawks, not commercially, just for buds. Sure. You know, kind of, hey, let's try this. So, but it, it's done. Um, more so the Falcons are, are we, people put a lot of time and money into them. I don't know if Rachel's listening. She's probably not. She's like, I hear that guy talk every day. I'm good. But, Rachel, I'm going to warn you, when Josh gets home, he's <laughs> going to ask for about $1,500. She's going to say that's cheaper than showing dogs. Maybe this is something we should look into, <laughs> is what she's going to say. You can go trap one in Texas. Look, Unbelievable. Yeah, you can get it done. They're, they're, they're pretty prevalent in Texas, South Texas. How loud are these things at your house? Oof. The, the males. There it is. Oh, yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said when I had my, my male, Tearsel, they say, um, oh, his voice will change when he's two. It didn't. Mm. It took about four years. Of just being so loud. Oh, crack, crack, crack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's wow. horrible. Can you, or is this something, you, you mentioned that they need to come indoors. So are there people who, I mean, I'm sure you can run the gamut on this, right? Like, you know, some of the people I run around with in the dog show world, you know, they have entire houses mm-hmm. in their backyards, you know. As do are, I. That are, you know, have an office and, and wash facilities and mm-hmm. bathrooms and, and all of those things heated and cooled for their dogs and. So I'm assuming that's where you go when you get 
super into these things, huh? Yeah, yeah. and then you can heat your mu, um, which is the facility, facility that word. Yep, chamber. Um, a lot of guys will put plumber's tape around the perches to keep their feet warm because that's their their wing tips and their feet will get frostbite. Mm. So you want to keep them out of the wind and warm. But I don't have electric in my chambers, so she comes inside the house. Right on. We do this every week. Three segments is not near enough time no, to no. talk about everything. I said at the beginning I, this was going to probably be the <laughs> coolest, most favorite episode. Do you guys agree with me now? I This is probably the episode that I've had the most questions. Yeah. And, and I, I know nothing about it, but I, I, know enough, like I know of it, and it's fascinating. The whole thing is fascinating, and seeing the bird in person makes it even more fascinating. I, I invite anybody and everybody. If you guys want to go, if you got rabbits, I'll come to you. There you go. So we yeah. might have to get There's some a more lot social around my content. apartment complex that my dog goes crazy when I walk her every morning. So do you guys partner with the Oklahoma Beagle <laughs> Society, like Rabbit Hunting Society, at all? No, no. We do have a couple of guys that'll uh, um, sell dogs to our falconers. Yeah, but yeah, um, a lot of times if you have gun shy dogs, we'll take them. Wow. Because we don't use those. That's a really right. good point. We don't use those. We're real men. Yeah, you don't use those <laughs> archaic. I mean, this is pretty B.A. When all th- when you look at it, just from a high perspective, we'll give you the final word here. What do you say, Nola? No, Nola, she's my girl. So this, this, oh, oh, she is shit. now on the microphone. <laughs> we got to get a picture of that. Don't tell the ops managers hey, here. Hey, Todd. We got ourselves a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Wait till the owner. I don't own this bird. She's not mine, but yeah, he'll get a kick out of that. Yeah, the owner of the building might not so much. Right? <laughs> you want those, me to get her? Those mics are good. You want me to get her? What do I do, sir? I'll, I'll get her. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to retrieve Nola, the 10-year-old Harris Hawk, off of the microphone here in the studio. That was wow. worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Guys, I hate to do this, but our time is up. Phil, thank you so much for coming in, for no bringing worries. Nola. Will you come back again? Uh, and next week. Can we go <laughs> hunting? Awesome. Can I, we do go out in I, the field? I literally mean that. If you, I'll come to you if you have rabbits. We've got some we'll rabbits. We'll find rabbits. So, yeah. Come on. And she's good with dogs. Okay. She'll yell at him if she doesn't know her dog right away, and sure. then she'll get over it. But. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Phil Salvati is our guest this week inside the Outdoor Hour. Nola, though, is the star of the show, a 10-year-old Harris Hawk. Uh, I'm going to maybe ask that we point her in the other direction, though, just in case. (laughs) We had one accident in the hallway earlier. Uh, man, this is just unbelievable. Josh, thanks for being with us. Hey, my kid's going to think I'm really cool when I get home. That's all I know. So that's pretty awesome. Todd, you get some questions answered this week? I did. I got a lot of questions answered. And, uh, yeah, I, if we do get a chance to yeah. see Nola in action, I would love to be there to Anytime. watch that. That's Anytime. awesome. We'll make that happen. If you've got a lesson you've learned or a story you'd like to tell, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the show. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at T underscore Maples. You can follow the show page on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok at Outdoor underscore Hour. If you have a business and you'd like to inquire about advertising inside the Outdoor Hour on the franchise in general or any other of Tyler Media's properties, send me an email, and I'd love to put you in contact with someone who can help. Taylor.m at tylermedia.com that's going to do it for this week's outdoor hour until next time go boldly we'll see you outdoors